Thank you for joining us this glorious Sunday, uh, April 19 of 2020. Uh, I want to read the passage wherever you are. Would you stand? Uh, I'm going to read one passage, one verse uh, from Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Uh, as you know, today's April 19, 2020. So 4 19, 2020, right? So I want you to remember. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. This is a well-known passage. I want to read it. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You may be seated. I titled my message as Freedom from Fear of Finances. Due to the COVID-19, we live under the tremendous fear. I can sense the fears on the air. We have a fear of about our future. We have a fear of uncertain future. We have a fear of uh, being, isolate, being isolation. We are afraid, what if I die alone? I guess that can be one of our fears. And among many fears that we have, that we face, I guess we have fear of finances. Uh, some of us are not working. So we do concern and worry about our job and business that get involved. So we have the fear of finances. If that is our situation, I think the today's text, this is the uh, message that God, is, I feel like God is speaking to us, speaking to our heart. I want to read this passage once again. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Paul says, my God. This is a very personal uh, passage to Paul and to all of us. He said, my God, not someone's God, but my God. Uh, if you give your life to Christ, he became your heavenly father, right? So my God will meet all of your needs. It was so sure. It was so certain. My God will meet all of my needs. Not some of my needs, but all of them. He didn't say, God will meet all of your greed. He said, God will meet all of your needs. According to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, this promise is given to us. If you gave your life to Christ, if he is your Lord and Savior, since we are in Christ, since we became his children, God's going to meet all of our needs. What a wonderful promise that we have. God knows your needs. And same time, God is abundant God. I mean, don't you love the fact that he knows you will the, he knows your, uh, what, what, you, what you have, the need that you have. And at the same time, he's abundant God. Uh, however, this is a kind of uh, promise that we have. In the Bible, there are so many promises in the Bible, right? But every promise has a premise. Every promise to fulfill, we, there is a condition for us to follow. So this provision doesn't just happen automatically. There is a condition to follow. So it is important for us to figure out the spiritual principles as the children of God. 
So today I want to share the principle that can set us free from this fear of finances. I want to make very quick points. First one, uh, ask God for help. God is the one who provides our needs. Therefore, we have to ask him for help when we, uh, when we face the fear of finances. Verse 10, uh, this is how the verse 10 starts. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. This portion of Philippians, this letter, deals with Paul's personal matter. Paul had a need financially. But he didn't turn to the church of Philippians, but he first he turned to God for help. Then God moves heart of Philippian church, and through them, God was providing needs of Paul's. That's why he said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I think it's very important. Whenever we have financial need or need that we have, we have to seek God's help first. That is important. Uh, principle. We have a need. Let me ask this question. Do you pray for every single need in your life? What do you think? Well, we're not really used to do that, right? We don't really ask for every details of our lives, right? But God wants to hear from us neither every details of you know, things that we need. God wants to hear from us. I had a low back pain uh, during the Passion Week. Uh, so every night during the Passion Week, I, I kind of I walk up middle of the night due to the pain. And I ask the Lord, Lord, I know you can take away, get rid of my pains. So would you take away, Lord God? I, I honestly, uh, fervently ask God to take away pains, but pains were still remaining. I, I was like, it was difficult for me. As the day passed by, my faith was weakened. Like, oh, I felt like God's not listening to my prayer. So on the Good Friday night service, when I came to church, I asked my friend, Pastor Pastor David, Pastor David, would you pray for me? I don't have strong faith on this matter. Would you pray for me? And Friday night was passed, and Saturday, still the pain was still there, and Sunday night after Easter service, I think the pain was kind of mounted to the peak. I was so like discouraged that night. Before I went to bed, I asked God again, Lord, would you help me? I'm about to die, I guess. You know, I mean, it has to do with I guess, muscle. It was an internal matter, but it was a muscle issue. And following morning, pains were gone until today. You may say, Pastor Ken, maybe uh, the time came, time arrived to the point where your pain was gone. You may, some of you may say that, but I firmly believe it was the prayer that I offer and was prayer that my uh, friend, pastor, offered to the Lord. See, it is important for us to ask little things to the major issues in our life because God wants to hear from us. How come you don't receive James said in fourth chapter, uh, chapter 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. Jesus says in uh, Matthew, yeah, that, that was the James passage. 
And Matthew says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. This is one-on passage, right? Jesus asked us to do three things. This is, impact. in fact, the command, imperative. Ask, seek, and knock. When you take a first letter of, from these words, what do you get? A-S-K. Ask. God want us, wants us to ask him. So let's ask God in everything. That's the first principle that we can experience, true freedom from uh, the fear of finances. Second point, learn to be content. Learn to be content. Contentment is important matter. And it's something we have to learn how to be content. Verse 12, 11 and 12 says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content. This is what Paul said. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in Plenty or in want. Paul said, I have learned to be content. Contentment is something that we need to learn. It doesn't happen automatically. Let me ask you this question. How many of you are being content uh, with your appearance? I'm talking about your outlook. Justin, are you content with outlook? Yeah. And let me ask you differently. If we have a chance to change your outlook, would you change it? Justin nod his head. <laughs> you know, same question was asked to many Americans. And 94% of females said, I mean, no, no, 94% of the men said, I want to change my outlook. And 99% of ladies said, I want to change the, you know, their outlook. What does this survey telling us? We are not being content with many things, including Outlooks. I believe this contentment leads to pessimism and eventually that leads to low self-esteem. Therefore, we have to learn how to be content. If we haven't learned, we will live in low self-esteem. But if we learn to be content, you will live, you will find yourself a full confidence, just like Paul. Look at the following verse, verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. This is amazing ability. You are just be able to contend in any given situation. This is what I call ability. I pray you and I can possess this ability. Then what is contentment? Let me ask you, what is contentment? It's not living the life without any purpose or, or goal. As a Christian, we have to have a clear goal and purpose, right? But what is contentment? True contentment never put, just, put your happiness on circumstances. That's what contentment is. Therefore, we have to learn how to rule over circumstances, not rule by the circumstances. We need to think. You know, we tend to think, if we have more, I'll be happier, or I'll be happy. 
If I get rid of my credit card debt, you know, I will be happy. If my income is a certain amount, I think I will be happy. That's, that's not true. That's not a true statement. You heard someone, you know, Howard Hughes, once he was the richest American. He was the richest person in, in the world. How much do you need for you to be happy? Someone asked him. He said, just a little more. Just a little more. He haven't learned. He never learned how to be content. That's why he couldn't be content. First Timothy 1, 6, 7 said, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. See, godliness and contentment go together. So contentment is a spiritual matter. You don't find them in circumstances. You find them in Jesus Christ because it is a spiritual matter. So let's learn to be content. How can we learn to be content? Stop showing discontentment. I would say stop talking discontentment. Stop comparing. The reason we talk because we have something in our heart. What's in your heart? We have a like, comparing spirit. Our heart is full of comparing spirit. Comparing my spouse, comparing my parents, comparing incomes. Stop doing that. Stop comparing your business sizes. We need to be content by looking at Jesus. There's something that we have to learn. Third principle is live the life of giving. If we want to experience true freedom from the fear of finances, you got to give. But it's, this sounds unlogical, paradox. Does it make sense? You receive more by giving? Does it make any sense? It doesn't, but it is one of the spiritual principles. Give, then you will receive. Verse 13, 15 through 16 says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Macedonia, you sent me again and again when I was in need. Philippian church gave not because they had plenty. They could give because they had faith. And you cannot give without faith. And God is pleased when we act out our faith. Hebrews chapter 11, 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. As I was meditating this passage, I thought about our KM uh, members. They gave and gave for the helping God's people all over the world for many years. You know, once they gave like over 90% of their yearly budget for the, the mission and, and people are in need. And I guess now is like time for us to, we couldn't really give as much as before because, you know, I guess, you know, the situation, uh, financial difficulty we face as, as a church, as, as members. But I, as I was meditating this, you know, like, wow, God was delightfully received the faith. The deeds, those were the faith. They could give God because they had faith. 
And God was so delightfully received that. Uh, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 6, 38, this is what Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is the principle. Give, and will be given to you. Uh, as I was preparing the message, I, I, I thought of it. It incident happened over 20 years ago. That's why I think I can share. Uh, when, when I started ministry, when I planned a church for young, younger generation, uh, financially we had difficulty. Uh, my uh, son was only like little kid and my wife couldn't work, so she had taken care of my son and uh, we didn't really have any income for over a year. I mean, like, come to think of it, how could, I, how could we survive? <laughs> you know, you, you got a payment, right? And apartment payments and, you know, car, everything. But by the grace of God, we could survive over a year without any income. And one of my aunt, actually she uh, knew my situation and she kind of gave me the love offering. It was kind of like good size of, the, of, of money. I was happy to receive the money. But as I was praying after I got the money, God was like, keep challenging my heart. You have the intern pastor in your church who was leading the praise. You know, he has three kids. He's in the, like, really bad financial situation. And he's actually looking for the car, kind of used car. And maybe, what about just give that money to the Lord for him? And I try, you know, God, maybe, I'm, 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 I don't think I'm listening right. I mean, you know. I mean, you know, you know my situation. I was kind of arguing with God, but God was deeply moved my heart. And I, uh, to make long story short, I, I was delightfully gave the money uh, to that intern pastor. And I remember that day, I was so overjoyed. Uh, and that the pastor reminded me that in, in book of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, um, it is more blessed to give uh, than to receive. I, this is my prayer. Uh, in order for us to be really truly free from the finances, fear of finances, I wish you and I can give, give. Be the giver. Be a giver. Last point is trust God. Ultimately, the most important question is, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Do you trust God or do you trust yourself? Once again, verse 19 says, And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. This is the testimony, profession, confession of a person who trusts God completely. The most of the life issues is actually trusting issue, right? If we worry about your future, that, mean, that means you are not fully, completely trusting God for your future. If we are worried about your finances, that means you're not completely trusting God for your finances. Your Heavenly Father knows your situation. He knows your situation, and he is your caring father. When you were young, we trust our parents to provide everything, right? Whenever we need money, we ask them without any fear, as if we have a right. Dad, I need money. Just give it to me. You know, we somehow create a system. Our parents make money, we spend them, right? That was a system we made it. 
In spiritual world, it's similar. All we need is trust our Heavenly Father who provides everything. When I was a kid, uh, I went to Jew. It's more like an amusement park with my parents. I, just, I still remember. It's been almost 50 years ago. And I asked my dad, Dad, it seems like you're spending a lot of money. I was a little kid, but I was telling you, it seems like you're spending a lot of money. Can you afford this? That was a question I had to my dad. My dad was looking at me <laughs> with a smile on his face, and he was talking to my mom. He, he's asking me that I can take care of this. You know, I, I still have a mixed feeling. We weren't that well off, so I'm sure he had financial difficulties. But as a physical father, he wanted to provide uh, good things to his children, his child. But our Heavenly Father is way different than our physical father, right? He's all-powerful, almighty God who can provide things that we need. So don't worry. Let's trust him. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Our security is not in the money. Our security, true security in Jesus Christ. Therefore, don't trust other things. Don't put your hope in money. Put your hope in Jesus. Trust him completely. I love this psalm passage. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. If you give your life to Christ, if you are his child, if you revere him, if you really have fear of God, he says he's going to provide food. Isn't that enough? If we have food to eat, it is more than enough. Let me conclude my message today. We have a choice. Whether we choose to worry about our finances, or we trust God. When you choose God, I, I, want to, I want you to know you're not choosing religion. You are choosing relationship. That's why you can ask God personally for his help. You can learn to be content because God is walking with you in this journey. You can give with faith because God is pleased when you live by faith. And most of all, trust him. Trust has to do with relationship. We choose relationship. Relationship with Jesus Christ. Because it is a relationship that Jesus began in us. May the Lord bless you and keep you this, this week.